Heads up. This episode, Sebastian and John vamp about Danzig, sparkling personalities, and emotions. So many emotions. As we venture into the Twilight Zone on Here's Why It's Great. And welcome to Here's Why It's Great, the podcast where we take what you hate and tell you why it's great. I'm John Bring. And I'm Sebastian Kathachik. And welcome back, Sebastian. Thank you. How you feeling? Good. It's good to be back. Yeah? I, hope, I hope I'm not too rusty. I um, hope not too. Um, <laughs> well, I, I mostly said that because uh, our guest on the last episode, Lindsay Calhoun Bring, uh, claimed to have poisoned you. Oh. Also to have bought your, your ticket to the place that you went. But you went somewhere driving distance, so <laughs> yeah. her entire plot is, has yeah. a lot of holes. So somebody who was taking a flight somewhere got a free ticket and is dead. Somebody named Sebastian Kedlechik. Yeah. Who, There's a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm I think sure that's you the can... most common name in the United States. Yeah, I think so. If you say Sebastian Kedlechik in a crowd, at least everybody's going to turn around. Yeah. I'd, I'd say, say 99.9%. There's one person who's a little confused about it, but they'll still turn around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, is that my name? Like, when I hear it in a crowd, when somebody just yells, Sebastian Kedlechik, I turn around. I'm like, is that my name, yeah. too? But ultimately, I collect my senses and I realize, my name's John Bring. Right, right, right. And you're Sebastian Kedlechik. Yes. And even though we're together a lot, yes. you know, we are not the same person, yeah. despite what some despite, people may think. Yeah, most people think and we're, we're probably interchangeable. But. And we're also not related, which a lot of people seem to think as well. Yeah. We've, we, Especially uh, during cons, they're just like, oh, this is your brother? Yeah, yeah. But also, you know, uh, my wife and I get that as well. We've, we got that. We were <laughs> buying a new TV right before the holiday. And he was like, uh, is that your, your brother or your... Your what? And she's like, it's my husband. But I think we just both have dark hair. I don't know. Dark Maybe. hair. I, similar skin tone, I suppose. But what's weird is my sister and I were on a cruise with my mom and stepdad. And we stopped off at, the, uh, I don't remember where we were. Maybe Ensenada. And somebody there was like, they thought we were two couples. Like my mom and stepdad and then me and my sister. You guys look exactly alike. And we're, she's also 10 years younger than I am. Yeah. So I was like. Well, I guess it's, I guess. I was like, but no, it's my sister. <laughs> no, you guys both favor your mother a lot. Yes, and yeah. so, like, you have, you and Jordan have the same face in a lot of Very ways. similar. Very similar features. Not exactly. Obviously, she does not have a beard. Yes. Clearly. But, uh, but yeah, I guess you get that sometimes. It's always embarrassing. Yeah. Um, it's always awkward. My brother and I have never been asked if we were a couple. But we also look a lot alike, so, I think, in a lot of ways. I don't know that my brother and I even, I mean, I... It, you're, you could be my brother as much as yeah, my brother. Exactly. Could be my brother. Exactly. My best friend and I got asked if we were a couple a lot in high school, but were that you? made more sense. Uh, we may as well have been. <laughs> there was one night. <laughs> well, one night where we stayed up all night listening to I Don't Want to Miss a Thing on repeat <laughs> in my bedroom, and we talked about the existence of God and life wow. and what it all means. And you I was know, gonna say so this was like super bad, but it actually sounds deeper. Yeah, it was it was a little bit deeper. I mean we probably, you know, were bullshitting about other stuff and we probably had some crass humor. But I think just like the sounds of Aerosmith really like got to us and the deepness of that song got sure. to us and we just Wait, talked about the girls that we liked a lot and uh that you know if anything were to happen between me and Darren, that would have been the night. <laughs> but it <laughs> well, didn't alas. The, it, I, Interestingly, that's also the song that he's singing with his daughter is in the music video. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's very it all weird. comes back around. Also, his daughter is very sexy 
in uh, whatever video that is. I think crazy. Uh, Steven, oh, Liv yeah. Tyler, the first time the world, most of the world saw Liv Tyler, she's extremely sexy and uh, like objectified in that video. And it's like, dude, that's your kid. Why yeah. would you? Why would you sign off on that? Like, you know, just put her in layers, man. Uh, but that is all besides the point. Uh, however, what we are talking about is something that's got a lot of love in it, and a lot of people do love, but I believe a lot of people also uh, tend to shit on this. We're talking about Twilight, the I film. Think, I think a lot of people, if they like it, they're maybe not as vocal about it because there's so many vocal people that just crap on it. Yeah. I mainly hear people almost universally crapping on this movie. Yeah, and, and I think this is like a pretty clear line between the people who love and the people who don't, and that's like anybody who's not a girl under the age of 15 tends to not like it as much. I mean, I have a friend who's around my age who she loves it, but... Well, uh, when did this come out? Uh, the, the movie? Yeah. Well, the movie came out in 2008, okay. as we'll, we of course remember. <laughs> and uh, we also remember the book came out in 2005. Course, the first one. Course, so, yeah. And I believe the movie, the books came out like once a year, okay. from what I understand. One a year until, and, and the books, there are only three books. Of course, there are four movies. Which is to say, not only are we talking about Twilight today, but here we go, folks. Our first major event on the Here's Why It's Great podcast, the podcast where we take what you hate and tell you why it's great. We are embarking on a journey. Wow. A, we make a solemn oath to you that we're not going to just cover one Twilight movie. We're going to cover all the Twilight movies! I have to admit, I thought there were only three. I didn't realize there were four. This no, is... baby, there are four! Uh, the last one, oh, uh, named to be determined, uh, is split into two movies. Breaking Dawn, I believe, is the last one. Oh, okay. That's split into two movies, and we're going to do all four of them all separate. We're not even going to do one podcast to cover parts one and two of that last movie together. We're going to do four podcasts, so the next four weeks, this next month, is going to be Twilight Month on Here's Why It's Great. Well, they deserve it. They deserve they it. They do. They I do. I haven't seen them, but I know that they deserve it. There's a rabid fan base out there, I presume. And with, But I think, too, like, if it were 15-year-old girls, this movie came out 10 years ago. So they're not 15 anymore. No, they're like... They're 25. Yeah. If I'm doing the, ra the math correctly... I think you are. And then the book... I remember when the book came out, I had a friend who read it, was, like, making fun of the writing the whole time, but read it and then read the, the entire series... So there's obviously something that's captivating about it all. Oh, yeah. I mean, it sold 100 million copies or something like that. And it wow. spawned, uh, directly spawned uh, the Fifty Shades series, which has sold over 100 million copies. So, I mean, there's something to this series. There's something to the books. We're not going to cover the books on here because who has the time? I mean, time. honestly. But, but the that's, movies... that's like five copies more than Penguins vs. Possums sold. Yeah, Penguins vs. Possums, which is our comic that we did with Lindsay Calhoun bring, uh, definitely sold at least 100 million yeah whereas twilight sold 100 million and five yeah that they those just the, beat us those are the official figures but no i feel like i'm actually uh, unfairly generalizing about the 15 year old girl thing i think that obviously like younger women are probably the the main focus of the fan base of this but everybody there are a lot of people that love it i mean men women alike older younger uh young girls are not the only people who are into this thing and uh, I personally am not a uh, fan. I've seen at least two of these movies. I've seen oh. the first one on DVD. And then the second one, I actually saw in the theater. Wow. Uh, which we'll get more into that experience Because uh, the first next one was week. so good. We'll get into that next week. You know, it's a little tease for, <laughs> okay. for next week's episode. But uh, I have not seen the last uh, three movies. 
Oh shit, are there five? Wait, wait, you yeah, wait, are Hold there five on. movies? Hold on. Oh fuck, dude, there are five there movies. Are fi- I didn't even know there were four. Oh, I thought man. there were three, and now I found out there's five? I'm so sorry. There are four books. I thought it was a trilogy. I was oh. wrong. Jeez. Uh, there are five movies. Wow, we are in this thing. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, uh, great. This that's is insane. Terrific. I mean, this is like, you know, I mean, we did the Applebee's right. We ordered all those meals. Yeah. It's the same thing. We're going to be like, gluttons for Twilight. <laughs> yeah, we are. And maybe we're, I, I think we are going to find things that we like about it. I'm excited. Look, I love, I, I don't know a ton about it. I know that it is, it was, as far as I know, geared more towards a younger teen demographic or whatever. Right. Or, I think teen, right? Not tween. tween yeah, right? well, tween, tween, teen. Yeah, same, know. same sort of blurs. Yeah, it does. And I, yeah, we are, we are not the target demographic for this, yeah. which is why I think this is going to be interesting. Um, you know, we're a couple of men in our thirties. Like, yeah. I think this is we are the opposite people that are this is meant for, perhaps. But I think I'm really looking forward to like finding what's great about this and like really digging in and finding what about this causes such a fervor. Yeah, you know? I am too. I'm actually really excited about it. Like, I think that you might expect. That I would be like, oh, this is stupid. I'm not going to do it. But I'm excited because, like you said, I want to find out what's in this movie that people do react to. Also, I love vampires. I love werewolves. Right. I like love triangles. There's plenty of TV shows. I mean, we grew up on Buffy. We grew up yeah. on. I grew up on a lot of TV shows that maybe were supposed to be like teens. I think there's a lot of people that are grown-ups, for lack of a better word, that like those. That still yeah. like consume the stuff that's maybe geared younger and if i think if they're done well they have something that's in there for adults as well so exactly i mean like a few years ago uh lindsay and i watched the roswell tv show from the 90s like yeah. late 90s i watched that when it was on i loved it i thought it was great and it's a teen romance love triangle and sure there's aliens and there's some sci-fi elements in there but i really enjoyed that show and if I can enjoy that show, then I mean, I certainly can find some things to love about Twilight. Uh, I've actually grown in uh, appreciation of Robert Pattinson. I think mm. this is the first thing I saw him in, or I may actually have seen him. You know what? I saw him in Harry Potter. Yeah, the wasn't fourth that one. First? Yeah. That was the first thing. I think that was like his introduction to the world. And uh, we recently rewatched. Uh, that's my wife and I recently rewatched all the Harry Potter movies. Mm. And when Cedric Diggory jumps out of that tree, just like. Your heart skips a beat. He's just so damn cute. He's dreamy. He is dreamy. So, uh, but I think Robert Pattinson has really done a lot since his Twilight days to turn himself into this prestige actor in a way. What has he done? Well, since you ask, uh-huh. uh, for one thing, uh, this wasn't after he did it. Um, after he did Twilight, this was during the Twilight days, but he uh, did the movie Water for Elephants. Oh, okay. With, uh, I believe, Reese Witherspoon. That was, uh, I, I really enjoyed that movie. Okay. It wasn't, like, the most magical movie I've ever seen, but it was pretty good. Uh, he did a, a pair of movies with David Cronenberg, okay. who I'm a big fan of. Uh, Cosmopolis and, I believe, Map to the Stars, which are both weird movies, but but interesting choices for him to work on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, and I know that he came out with a movie, Good Time, where I believe he played himself and, like, a twin brother. That came out, like, last year or a couple years ago. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but I've been interested to see that, and the trailer looked really neat. And um, Again, I think he's, like, making himself more of an indie guy. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, as a reaction probably to doing these huge blockbuster-type movies and movies that, again, people kind of look down on yeah. and think that he's just there for fluff and to be a good-looking guy, I think he wanted to prove them wrong, and I think that he does have some legitimate chops. 
I respect that. I also not resting on your laurels of I'm sure those movies brought him a lot of money. Oh hell yeah! I mean, I, I think that's why he does indie stuff. I think he made enough money off of the Twilight movies to probably just like go sit on a beach forever and just drink <laughs> my ties. But uh, Kristen Stewart, somebody else who I've learned to appreciate a little bit more. She did uh, what was that ghost movie that she did? Um, I'm forgetting. Uh, oh, Personal Shopper, which was a, a, another weird one. But I think she's made some choices. I know she did like On the Road, uh, Personal Shopper. Uh, even like those Snow White movies that she did, uh, like oh, the Huntsman yeah, yeah. movies, the Huntsman. like not great movies, but I mean, like again, she could have rested on her laurels and not done anything ever. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like she's made some interesting choices too. So I, I legitimately do like those actors. Uh, so I'm interested to see what brought them to the world at large and yeah. see, you know, what they brought to these roles of uh, Bella and Edward Cullen. Oh, well, I'm excited. All right. Well, let's watch it, and we'll be right back on Here's Why It's Great. And we are back. Yes. We have just had the great pleasure of watching <laughs> Twilight on our television screen. Yeah, that, it was. A, and here's something that's great. You just got a huge TV. I did just so, get a huge TV. It, it was great to watch such a huge TV. It was great to watch a huge TV. It looked pretty fantastic yeah. on the TV, I yeah. will say. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, yeah. we're going to get one thing just out of the way. Uh, we know we're a uh, podcast that's focused on positivity we don't we're not here to trash talk twilight right that's not here that being said yeah i think that after watching this movie it was very clear at least to me that as you said in our preamble we're not the demographic for this movie no this movie was not made for a couple of dudes in their mid to late 30s yeah. uh who are action movie fans yeah <laughs> yeah Primarily. I, I think my, probably my vampire stuff is maybe a little bit different that I'm interested in. But that being said, we we recognize that we have a little bit different POV on this. We have yeah. a little different perspective because we're not the target. So we're going to also try and keep the target audience in mind, which I think does skew younger and does skew female. Yes. And try and figure out like what might appeal to people about this movie. Yeah, so we're going to try to find what's great about it. Um, and beginning, I mean, we're not going to run through every plot point, so let's just like, let's just talk about the whole thing. We can jump back and forth. We're going to go here, there, and everywhere. First up, yes. let's talk Edward and Bella. Okay. They are the whole movie. Yeah. They, it's, they it's... are the center of the series. Uh, where we, only by the end of it, are starting to get into Edward jacob and bella like the love triangle territory yeah the very like, end very very end it's just kind of teased at the very end uh and let me just say yeah. who knows who we had no idea what kind of hottie taylor lautner would end up being oh yeah with the super long hair and he's like kind of a little bit scrawnier still has some baby fat i mean he, i mentioned that he looked like glenn danzig from <laughs> yeah. uh from the misfits yeah. uh slash also danzig i'll say though like i know that he gets super ripped and shredded and stuff and he cuts his hair in future in the installments. Next yes. Oh, is it the next, very next one? Yeah. But when he first showed up, A, I thought it was just, oh, this is kind of a general thing. I, I was impressed or at least happy with it. There were, there were more people of color than I thought there would be. Yeah. They were all supporting characters, but it, there were still more people than I thought there would be. Right. A, because there just usually are none, and B, because, I don't know, I guess since it is sort of Pacific Northwest, I was not sure what was going to yeah. happen. Um, so uh, that was a cool. higher uh, percentage of Native American actors. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and characters which, I was... in it, which is very different from what your normal mainstream movie is. But... Yeah, I thought that was awesome. I, I look forward to 
future installments to see what they do with that. I thought it was interesting that they did talk about the res and stuff about, you know, the natives living on the reservation. And I, I know they're, you know, I mean, all over the United States, but definitely in the Pacific Northwest, I know there's a strong population. And, and I'm curious how they play in that it's not just like they have sort of magical native stuff like yes i'm curious to see how uh, the rest of it yeah i was gonna out. say at this point they're basically just a means to an end of her yeah. figuring of bella figuring out what edward is yeah uh, so it's that your usual oh my people have a legend yeah that says blah 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 uh which is what we get in this movie obviously the supernatural element only increases uh spoiler alert or do you do you, do you want spoilers because you I haven't seen any of them right i have not seen any of them i had not seen this one i actually thought i had seen more of this one than i actually had i remembered seeing parts of it because my brother and i were on a cruise to alaska and the if you've ever been on a cruise ship there's like four things playing on the television yeah. usually and, the same four movies that just play on repeat yeah and then like a documentary thing that just kept repeating yeah and usually like the channels are just like really like fuzzy and yeah like the reception is terrible horrible even though it's like you're probably just playing it on like closed circuit television like why doesn't this not work um why is it the one thing on a cruise ship that never works but there was one day when we were just at sea and i remember putting this on but i think it had already started Mm -hmm. and i think i only watched it for a little bit and then fell asleep right but I basically had not seen this movie before, right. and I have not seen any of the the following movies, and I have not read any of the books. So what you're saying is you don't know where Jacob's story takes him. No, I know he's a werewolf. Oh, okay. Well, but, that's all I was trying oh, to see. Okay. The spoiler is, yeah, Jacob's a werewolf. So obviously, like, the mystical tribal stuff only gets more mystical and tribal. Sure. So there is that to consider about the Native American characters. However... Uh, cool that there is such a high quotient of them. Absolutely. Um, also, all of Bella's friends are very diverse, so yeah. that's uh, cool and interesting. Rosita uh, from Walking Dead. Yeah, Rosita from Walking Dead. Uh, we I was got, happy to see her. We got a little baby Anna Kendrick. She's certainly not a uh, any kind of diversity, but we got a baby Anna Kendrick. I that think, was fun. I think that was like the first thing that I saw Anna Kendrick in because I remember she would show up in something. I'm like, oh yeah, there's that girl from Twilight. Oh wow. Yeah, weirdly enough, to think that. Uh, she would obviously go on to be, I guess, arguably the biggest star out of all of them, right? Because at least currently, yeah. Because yeah, Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson, uh, though their efforts, their efforts have skewed a little bit more indie. So I feel like their star has sort of fallen a little bit uh, from those lofty heights of Twilight. But yeah, you got Anna Kendrick and Rosita, and um, but a, a good cast of side characters. We don't get a lot from them, yeah. Because again, this is Edward and Bella's movie. Very much. I don't, is there? Are there any sort of? Any like subplots? Yeah, I it's all her, right? I think so. Not really. I mean, the the only real subplot is the there's a group of three vampires running around. Yeah, around the outer fork area, fork, fork. Yeah, yeah. It was fork Washington, fork, fork Washington, uh, and the outer areas of fork, killing people. Yeah, and that's pretty much the only subplot. We don't really get any of Edward. We don't get any privilege scenes with Edward and his family. We don't get yeah. any really. There's not much going on other than just the the story of. Their love story, yeah. what's happening between them, finding out what Edward is. It's a very laser-focused movie. Yeah. And that, that relationship is intense. It is intense. As, as high school relationships are, I will say. They are. And again, it's like a very like chaste relationship where there's like no physical component. It's 100% pure emotion. Well, I think the a lot of the emotion, too, comes from a sexual frustration. Because like he can't let himself go with her. Yeah. So like if he does... They can only do so much. There's a scene where they they finally kiss, and 
he things start to get hot. And things heavy start to get yeah. Bella is a woman who knows what she wants. It's just, it was ultimately consensual. She wants that Edward D. And so they start going for it, and he has to fling himself across the room to to stop his his sexual urges because if he goes too far, he will I I guess kill her. He will suck all I, of her blood. And I suppose kill so. her. Yeah. Um, or turn her or something. But there's definitely it's this very sort intense of, though. Very intense. This sort of like restrained sexual something. Yeah. Which we'll get into. We'll delve a little bit deeper into the character of Edward. Uh, maybe let's start with Bella, just sure. because she is our POV. She's our eyes and ears throughout the entire movie. She, uh, Kristen Stewart, it's an interesting uh, performance. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I wonder, because obviously they would go on to be big stars and very popular at the time, but I do wonder if they, if the producers of the movie knew just how big this would be, would they still have gone with... Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson mm. because I feel like they're doing their performances are very weird. Actually, you know what? I know we're I'm trying to get us on track to talk about Bella. The whole movie is weird. It's a strange it's movie. It's almost like it's an experimental movie. What it is is I feel like a director, Catherine Hardwick, which I'm not going to like totally trash talk her, but I think she was uh, maybe not exactly super secure in her vision because it seemed like a lot of things were added a lot of visual embellishments were added to mask what seemed like a scene that if uh, i mean i'm not i'm not a paid director but i've directed stuff before and i've certainly had scenes before i'm like i have no idea what to do with this and sometimes you will try to add little visual flourishes or camera moves or whatever to kind of jazz up a scene she did that in almost every scene i know that the movement of the camera i mean you always want movement in a scene i guess and i think people do overcompensate by moving the camera a ton because they think oh this is going to be a boring scene or this is a pretty static scene yeah there's not a lot happening they're not yelling at each other they're not trying to have sex they're just talking and And there's a lot of that there's a lot of majority of the movie so so i think there there might have been some overcompensation maybe for that yeah and look, I mean, Catherine Hardwick has done some movies that I like. Um, 13 was good, but that was also like a super low-budget like mm-hmm. indie movie. Lords of Dogtown, have you seen that movie? No, I haven't seen it's it. It's pretty awesome. Uh, Heath Is that Ledger- the skateboard movie? Skateboard movie. It's got Heath Ledger playing a very Val Kilmer-esque part. But like nice. that movie's look really good, like legit. So, I mean, it's not as if she doesn't have talent. I just think that... Yeah, maybe the the material wasn't exactly something she, or maybe they didn't Was have enough prep time. Maybe, well, yeah, who yeah, knows? Exactly. There's so many things that go into making a movie. Who exactly, knows? and maybe you know it may have been somebody else's note to to get her to jazz things up. But I think in particular the scene in the forest where Edward and Bella are you know revealing what they know to each. She's revealing to Edward. She knows he's not human. Yeah. He's making her say it, but it keeps it keeps cutting. Like we have our one main shot of the two people yeah and then it keeps cutting to these shots like they will say something and then it'll cut to a random shot floating through the trees or like circling them in a weird way yeah. where they're just standing there being completely quiet then it'll cut back to that same shot of the two of them and then he'll, they'll say another line so it's like did they go back and like do reshoots with mm-hmm. like with uh with their stand-ins with their body doubles just to like add some more flourishes to the scene did they sit down and editing and be like oh man we only got two shots at this whole scene <laughs> Shit, what do, we, what do we do now? With the camera through the forest. Yeah, and there's a scene where, where uh, at the end of their date when Edward brings her home, where he's playing a piano, and again, it's just a, just a couple shots of him playing a piano, but it's all Dutch angles that are floating between two different Dutch angles, and yeah. it just seems like a music video, and 
like I feel like at this point in in film we were way beyond that music video style. That's something I was trying to keep in mind as well is that it is from 2000 I keep thinking 2006 2008. Yeah. And I'm like what was what was film like in 2008? And you reminded me Iron Man had come out that yeah, year. Yeah, I think that was like, Iron Man. That was uh, The Dark Knight. I mean, I guess those are both just comic book movies that come off the top of my head. But, but I mean, this is a supernatural movie yeah. in, in a sense. There's a lot I mean, of, it's a teen movie, really. Yeah, it's, it's at its heart a, a romance and a teen movie. There are a lot of, like, superheroic elements. I mean, there was a line in it where Bellary asks, you know, where she's asking, trying to figure out... Obviously, there's the famous scene in the, in the movie where she's standing there... And her friend's van spins out of control, and Edward, you know, darts across the parking lot and I, saves her. I, 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 sorry to interrupt you, but I actually, legitimately liked that moment. Yeah, like, it's a I, cool moment. I thought it was really cool. It was a cool introduction to him being uh, something more and being super strong. Yeah, and just the the way they did it because it was. I, I don't know how I don't know if subtle's the right word, but it wasn't like he lifted the van or that he just like stopped it from hitting her. Yeah, and he just the, puts his hand out and it crunches the side of the van. Crunches the side, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, that and was... her just like him cradling her and her being there, and and then he just scampers off. Like I thought that was that moment where he stops it. He comes out of nowhere and stops it. I thought was legitimately really. Cool. Yeah, and honestly, that's one of the most like competently paced and shot moments of the movie. I think. I think that. Uh, there's so much action in this movie that is sort of weird. Uh, mostly a lot of uh, her piggyback riding on him through the there's forest. There's a lot of that. There's, there's a, a lot of, there's a lot, lot of uh, lot piggyback of, rides. A lot of piggyback rides. And, uh, you know, so that was actually one point, the point in the parking lot where I was like, oh, wow, this looks like a looks and feels like a real movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very much like another superhero type moment, uh, which she then calls back and says, you know, she thought that maybe he got powers from an irradiated spider uh, or <laughs> kryptonite. That bothered me. Yeah, the, I know, kryptonite, the kryptonite thing bothered me because you you couldn't help yourself but shout out like that's not how kryptonite works. That's not how it takes away <laughs> his powers. What are you talking about, Bella? Everybody knows that. As a as a very big Superman fan, that I was like, what? Stop the movie. We're done. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that no vampire movies exist in this world. So that they makes can't. me wonder. They can't because. I'm sorry, but how did she not figure it out until... Almost instantly? Halfway through the movie, she figures it out. Yeah. And it's like, there. I get it's a small town. I actually love movies set in small towns. I love when weird things happen in small towns. I love the Pacific Northwest. I, As you know, my wife and I thought about moving to Portland. Yeah. I, I love the Pacific Northwest. I was very excited, but I was confused because there's a lot of indicators that they're vampires. Yeah. And even if they... Even if nobody knew for sure that they were vampires, certainly in a small town like that, when there's four or five, however many kids there were, of the Cullens that are acting super weird. They don't show up when there's sunlight. They, they're ex- their all eyes change. Pale. Yeah. They're, all, they're all super pale. Which none I, of them I eat. None of them eat or drink anything. Like, you're going to go, what, are you guys a vampire? Yeah. Like, that, that was actually where I was like... In this world, maybe there's just, they don't know vampire yeah. movies. Maybe vampire movies don't exist. Maybe superhero movies don't exist. So they certainly have never seen Blade in this. <laughs> so I feel sorry for them because that that movie's awesome. Yeah. And there are, I mean, there are diff- every vampire movie has its own rules, I guess, or every vampire well, show. Well, yeah, this one right. definitely like throws the rule book out because yeah. this one is. They can walk into people's houses uh-huh. without being invited. There's no mention of stakes yet. Crosses, uh, what, garlic. 
what uh, else? Well, sunlight obviously is the hugest difference. Yeah, holy water. And yeah, instead of sunlight killing them, it makes them even more beautiful. Not only yeah. do you cast all these gorgeous people to be the vampires, but then it makes their skin sparkle as if they are, you know, sprinkled with diamonds. Like, Why like, do you think that choice was? I'm curious, because I've heard people, different people have ideas of why they chose, or why she, I forget Stephanie the, Meyer? Yeah. Uh, chose to make them sparkle? Yeah. In terms of like, I, well, I've heard some people say like, oh, like what would a... You know, sixteen-year-old girl think was cool or whatever. Yeah. I I have no idea why she chose that. It's an interesting choice. I think it might have actually played better in the book or the script. Like, Probably. I don't I don't know that it was executed um, how they maybe envisioned it originally. Yeah. If she hadn't said it's like diamonds, I would not have known that's what they were yeah. going for. It just looked like he had like stripper glitter all yeah, over. Yeah, it kind of looked like he was sweaty and had glitter on him. Uh, I think. He brings up at several points during the movie that he is a monster. That yeah. they are monsters. Vampires are monsters. They're yeah. killers. Like he said, he said, "I'm the." In general, vampires are yeah. Yeah, he said, you know, I'm the I'm the apex predator of the world, basically. Yeah. Like I am the thing that kills all the things. Yeah. Uh, so I think, in terms of finding that choice, what are you gonna do to make them more alluring? You know, you gotta like show that there's beauty. Inside Who, these monsters, yeah. There's beauty. Obviously, Robert Pattinson is a beautiful man. Yeah, there's no denying that. And, and and again, all of the Cullens are gorgeous people. Yeah. But you know, as creatures, you know, typically when we get vampires, it's like you get the fangs or their eyes turn weird. Like in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the show or the movie, vampires are very ugly once, especially in their vampiric form. Yeah. So this is the one time where vampires. Or, you know, even Dracula is mostly an alluring guy, but then when it, even when the fangs come out, it's scary. Yeah. This is the one time where you take a vampire and make it even more beautiful when you see it for what it truly is. And that is going to make not only Bella more drawn to him, but the, the audience more drawn to him. Because it's yeah. like, well, well, shit, like that guy, he sparkles. Yeah. He shines. He's like a, you know, like yeah. I found this magical, this unicorn. Uh, why wouldn't you be drawn to that? So I think that yeah. may play into the decision yeah. from both Stephanie Meyer and Catherine that. Hardwick as a director. I get that. Yeah. I, th I think it's interesting, though, because he says that he's designed to... Everything about him is designed to lure her in. Right. He's like, you've bought into the My voice, my smell. Yeah, he's like, yeah. everything about me is supposed to bring you in. And, yeah, he, he mentions... His look, his voice, his smell, etc. Which I thought was cool. I, yeah. You don't usually hear that about like yeah. how they smell. Like it was, it was interesting to see a vampire's perspective on themselves. I mean, yeah. I know we've gotten that before, but I think I thought that but was kind of neat. It was it was neat, and then but then he's like, as if I needed it, and then he shows off like how powerful he is. He rips a tree out, and he jumps around and runs real fast and stuff. And yeah, he's like, I could kill you if I wanted to. So I guess my my thing with the sparkling is like, if that's also to make him more beautiful. If he's already got like this gaze and he's got this uh, cool hair and he's got this, he does have great, he had great hair, great hair, and he's he, I think he has a really cool look. But anyway, and then he's got this smell and this voice and everything. Like, there's a lot. Then that's why do we? Why do we need the spark? It's like a hat on a hat. Yeah. At that point, yeah. Uh, to use a writing slash comedy term, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think uh, again, visual. It's the one way we can, like visually because we can't smell him yeah we don't get glamored by him other than yeah. the fact that robert pattinson's just an attractive man so how else are we going to show in a film yeah I, the book i don't know uh yeah. but how else are we going to show in a film just like a way to visually see that allure 
Yeah. He literally sparkles yeah. in the sunlight. It's, I mean, a, it's an interesting idea. Yeah, for sure. it is. And I think it's it probably just looks a little silly because in the movie, except for that like one scene where it's like, oh, it's a sunny day for once and everybody's outside lounging outside. The only time we really see the sun is in this, they go up the mountain, like above the cloud line. And there's like this very cartoony sunlight coming through the trees that he mm. steps into. It's very clearly added in post. But uh, it was just kind of silly looking, and I think that's part of the reason why. It's not like, oh, they got above the cloud line, and then wherever he goes, he's just sparkling now. He had to, like, step into this very clearly fake light to make it. So I, th- I think, again, it was like a weird directorial choice. Um, a quick quick yeah, question. Sure. Uh, Carlisle, his father, did he ever yeah. choose to turn any ugly people? <laughs> Like, like, are there any ugly vampires? Because also the the three vampires that they meet later, the bad guy, or not even, there's only one that's really a bad guy, uh, vampire. They're all beautiful people as well. They're maybe when they're about to turn somebody, they're like, ah, jeez, uh, yeah. do I want to spend eternity with somebody I don't like looking at? With somebody who's fugly as hell. Um, and then uh, Victoria, the, let the redhead who survives, who's we'll get to at some point. Uh, she's one of the three bad guys. She uh, survives yeah. to the end of the movie, and um, she was that actress was replaced by Bryce Dallas Howard. So she gets even more beautiful as the movies progress. So she got like upgraded to like a superstar, an A lister. Uh, I don't know if Bryce Dallas Howard was an A lister at the time. This is pre Jurassic World, so. <laughs> Uh, she didn't have that big franchise bump, but uh, okay. What about, uh, M Night Shyamalan's movie. She was oh, there. The Village. Oh, Lady. and Lady in the Water. Lady she was in. The water. in yeah, was yeah, but she was also in The Village. She was actually pretty good in The Village. Yeah, I was. I actually forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so back to Bella, and yes. I and I think we kind of keep getting off track because Bella. There's not a ton going on. I hate to say, there's not a ton going on with either of them without the other. You know, yeah, like Bella Which is, uh, makes it kind of a she's a little unhealthy, unhealthy relationship. Oh, for sure, for I sure. Mean, he even tells her he's gonna kill. He's like, I want to kill you. I, I'm gonna, I'm the apex predator, and I want to kill you, and I want to drink your blood. And she's like, I want to be with you forever. Yeah, I, I didn't understand it. I mean, other than like, who doesn't want to bone that guy? I mean, I, guess, I would. And I mean, I guess again, it's high school. You're all mixed up. You're just passionate about everything. You've got emotions going all over the place. But I was like, "Ooh, this is unhealthy, girl." Yeah. Like, like even in in Buffy, they do point out some of the unhealthy stuff about it. Yeah. And I and Buffy is just a really strong, defined character. I think because Bella was so, she was like wishy washy from the beginning. I don't know. There just wasn't something about her that I was like. Oh wow, this yeah, girl. Nothing about her like really grabs you. And and same honestly, if he wasn't a vampire, Edward would be the same thing. He just seems like a sort of aloof rich kid. Yeah. The thing that defines them is their relationship with the other. Yeah. So and maybe that's appealing also to the demographic, to the target audience is like that sort of like w- when like romantic, like old fashioned. Like romantic. old fashioned, like pure. Like there is nothing else that matters. Once they meet each other and once they connect there's nothing else in the world that matters to Edward or Bella but the other. Yeah. So, which is you know, also unhealthy. To, to a degree, I mean, she obviously cares about her parents. She cares about her dad, which actually, that comes very late in the game, her finally accepting or, you know, admitting to the fact that she cares about her dad because that's the, you know, that's the only subplot I can think about, honestly, is the fact that she and her dad have this sort of, like, awkward uh, growing pains of living together. Yeah. I liked the scene where he first introduces her to the room. Like, he shows her her room. Yeah. And they he just stands there for a minute, and it's awkward. Yeah. Um, I really like that, because it is sort of a... 
what do you do? Like, hey, you want to watch a movie? Like, if you yeah. haven't spent time together for so long, I, I thought that was actually a, a cool... Him standing there, and, and again, maybe it's... I like that actor's choices or whatever, but him standing there and it just being quiet for a minute and then him being like, okay, and he leaves. Yeah. I, I liked that. It, it showed their relationship. Yeah, I remember when I first saw this movie and I, the second one, I believe, I always came out thinking like, oh man, I really like her dad. He's great. And also mm. the dad's best friend who's been in a ton of stuff. And oh, basically yeah. anytime you need a Native American in anything, he's, he's yeah. the guy. He's like the new Wes Studi, remember? Yeah. Him? Uh, also a great actor. But I like him a lot. Uh, I like them a lot. And I always really appreciated her dad. And I do like that that's more of a relatable story. Yeah. At least for me. I mean, um, like, I don't think I ever knew anybody where I was just like, gotta have... I mean, there was maybe like I had crushes in high school and stuff where I was like... There was no reason for it. The, like Now looking back on it, it's like, why did I even like that girl? But it was just one of those very Edward and Bella things where it's like, I yeah. just want to be with that person. There's something about them that's so appealing. I get that. I mean, I get the sort of like first love or the like young love, first yeah. love. I definitely was in a relationship where it was like people called us magnets because we were just on each other all the time. Right. And that sort of like, there's nothing larger than this moment. Nothing's more important than the love that we share. And it's just that sort of naive or you have nothing else to compare it to. And when it's over, it's devastating. Like there's something to, I guess, capturing that first love that's maybe part of what they're going Yeah, I suppose so. Because, I mean, we, we obviously don't get a lot of backstory on Bella. Yeah. The only backstory we get is that she likes living in Phoenix, Which or at least she did live in Phoenix, and eventually she reveals she was went to ballet classes as a child. <laughs> yep. Phoenix, I thought this was interesting, just in terms of the way they shot it. It starts in Phoenix, and it was still kind of a cool color palette. Yes. I've always hated that. It Sorry was... to not to be negative, but <laughs> I, that makes no sense to me. Yeah, I was... It should have been warm. It should have been a very... Yeah, like, we should have felt the heat. Yeah. And then that way, when we get to Fork, like, five minutes into the movie, we, we're like, oh, this feels different. Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. That. And then when they go back to Phoenix, it's the same thing. It's yeah. like... And there's no change. There's no it. real change. And, we, and I know we have, like, a couple of shots of, like, vistas of, like, you know, uh, like, the mountains and stuff in the desert. But, like, yeah, we don't get any sense of this being a different place yeah. than... You know, fork. I feel like so many... I keep many... almost calling it Portland every time, but yeah, yeah. anyway. They use, I think they used the waterfall in Portland at one point. But a lot of what um, TV, and usually TV, I guess, but also movies, if you're in Mexico or, you know, anywhere sort of Central or South America, they do this sort of sepia or almost just sort of this ob, uh, auburn sort of amber, I mean, uh, orange hue to everything. Uh-huh. And sometimes it bothers me because it's just like, oh, that's the go-to. If you're going to Mexico, it's got this amber right. hue. I think it's called but, a tobacco filter, perhaps. Is it? I think. I think well, I've heard that. I would have been okay with it in this movie because I feel like yep. it should have felt hot. She even says it's hot in Phoenix. Yeah, but it and, looks and, chilly. And it looks cold. Like I was I thought, like, ooh, I need to turn the heat on when I'm watching this first couple of scenes. And I think it would have been more effective if she would have started in this very warm environment. And you're like, oh, that's really hot. And then she moves to... Washington, where it's like rainy all the time and cloudy, and you know, it's cloudy. But besides there being a thunderstorm, where there's actually no rain, I think there's one scene where like rains when they're in the diner or something. uh, Yeah, and I mean it's always like wet outside, but there's only one scene where it's like actively raining. It's like Edward and Bella talking under some bushes right after he reveals himself to her. Yeah, Uh, they're just chat. He's just chatting about 
I'm a vampire, and here's more of my deal. It doesn't uh, even rain during the thunderstorm. No, it. it doesn't rain during the thunderstorm. It's silly. During the thunderstorm where they play baseball. Yeah. Which, actually, that was a scene I did enjoy. Uh, maybe it was fun. Maybe from, fun like, scene. some visceral thrills there. Uh, but, no, it reminded me of, and uh, every once in a while in the X-Men comic books, the X-Men would gather and play baseball and use their powers, like Nightcrawler would teleport up and catch a pop-up fly or the beast would jump off of something to grab the ball or would grab the ball with his feet or something like right. that. Um, That's fun. Yeah, it's super fun. And this that was very much like this. They had to use the thunderstorm, uh, the, the lightning and the thunder to mask they're hitting the ball because they're hitting the ball so strong that right. it's very loud. Even, Even though, though it doesn't like rip apart. It doesn't rip the ball apart, doesn't break the bat. Uh, also, they're using an aluminum bat, and it makes a wooden sound. <laughs> so, I don't well, know. they're vampires. Okay, well, that you know, they can glamour the world to hear whatever they want them to. <laughs> but that was a fun scene. That was neat, and just a uh, obviously a good super. Uh, forget the Muse song. It's a it's a song by oh, Muse. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, super Sonic Black Hole or something like that. Anyway, it's a good song. It was fun. Um, it's a fun scene, and it's actually one of the. I like it because it definitely was needed. Because a lot of the movie, even though it's like about a young, a couple of young lovers like meeting, it's all so just serious mm-hmm. and sort of dour, and yeah. it's just not a lot of fun in the movie. Yeah, it was nice to have some levity and some just like people enjoying themselves. Yeah, and and also yeah, like for once, like seeing this vampirism is not a curse, but something that's fun and enjoyable to to be for them relishing in it for once instead of it acting like yeah. you know it's the end of the world all the time. It was really beautiful, though. I mean, the scenery, the vistas, the when there's a lot of shots of them like overlooking places, yeah, or even just like hanging out in the woods. It was all really pretty. Oh yeah, it's got great locations. I mean, they obviously actually shot it in the Pacific Northwest. They didn't like shoot it, you know, in like Burbank. Yeah. In the in the Warner Brothers swamp and expect us to believe that it's actually Portland or Washington. So it's definitely beautiful. I love this. There was a scene where they're on the beach where Jacob is first telling yeah. Bella about this legend, uh, the Native American legend of his tribe, how they would meet the Cullens and how the Cullen, what the Cullens really were. He doesn't actually tell her. He doesn't even tell her the end of the story. Yeah, he doesn't tell you. He's like, oh, it's, it's just a story. But it's like, bro, stories <laughs> have a beginning, a middle, and an end. You did not get to the end of that story. Maybe, you know what? I was on the edge of my seat. I already knew what Edward was, but I still wanted to know the end of that legend yeah. from his tribe. But uh, but what I was saying was that scenery is very neat and beautiful. Was yeah, the, I the, love cl- that. The cliffs and the... And, and uh, anytime you get a beach where people are like in, all bundled up in jackets and stuff is always... I don't know. It's fun and different just to see a beach in that context where people are cold and... Um, but yeah, back to uh, Edward and Bella. Oh yeah, I know we kind of we kind of keep getting off because again, there's just not a lot. I'm not really to sure them. what to say. I mean, it's, it's, it's all a... about them together, and most of that is Edward revealing, t- talking about what he is. She asks him a lot of questions. There's a scene where she literally like just goes through all these questions, which I probably would too. I'd be like, oh, dude, yeah, yeah. what is up with you? Like, what what yeah. are your limitations? What do you do? Where yeah. are you from? I, I just thought it was interesting because you don't usually see that scene. Yeah. She just actually asks him because like again, 10 questions. We all have a, a basic knowledge of what vampires are because we've seen Dracula. We've seen movies and we've read books and we've seen TV shows. So... We know what a vampire is, but again, I guess there's just not as much information out there in the reality of her world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we do get a lot of information on Edward, his past, what he's done, yeah. his uh, internal conflict with the monster that he is. 
But, uh, you know, it's like... It's interesting. Cut yourself some slack, bro. Uh, yeah, well, that's kind of what I was going to say. Is like, he does keep saying he's a monster. And I know that vampires are monsters. And there's sort of a, a monster within him, a thirst within him that he's constantly trying to battle. Which manifests at the very end when he has to suck the poison out of her wrist. He doesn't think he could ever stop himself. And they sort of set that up with the dad, uh, Miss Dr. Cullen. Um, Carlisle. Carlisle, sorry, yes. That... He had the hardest job because when he turned everybody, he had to stop sucking their blood, and that's hard to do. And so when Edward goes to suck the venom out of her wrist, you know that this is going to be a very difficult thing. He already has said, like, I want your blood so bad, and Mm -hmm. is he going to be able to stop? But definitely cut yourself some slack because you, your whole family has managed to learn to be, in their words, vegetarian, but, like, only kill animals. Yeah, It's like Angel living in the... Uh, alleyways just eating off rats. Like, yeah, you've, in, in Buffy you've, the Vampire Slayer. In, sorry, yes, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I, I will reference Buffy many times. But you've done a good job. Like, you've, in essence, you, mastered your monster. Yeah, you did the thing. You're a good vampire. Yeah. You're, like, you should be like, yeah, dude, like, th- there's a monster in me, but good news. Uh, yeah, give yourself a pat on the back, man. You did it. Yeah. Like, that was the, that's the, the, the brass ring of being a vampire is not... Is being able to yeah contain that monster to live among humans uh, and do so very well. I mean, we see a scene when he, we go into his room uh, later in the movie where uh, where he brings Bella over to his house and uh, the vampires are all cooking for her mm. and just treating her with such great hospitality. We see on the wall his like forty graduation caps that he's framed, and it's like wow, you have that's how well you've integrated. You've been going to high school since the friggin' 60s, probably, which, man, that would be the worst. <laughs> like, why would you choose that life? Just be a dropout, man. It's not like you, <laughs> apparently you don't need money, and you have Audis out the ass. You guys are all about your Audis. Yeah, and I you mean, got this the fabulous a, house. The dad's a doctor, so he's making good money. They have money from somewhere. They have, just have I a I mean, ton look, of Alice money. can detect the future. She can predict the future. That's her power. So you know they've won the lotto once or twice. Right. Had to have, Play the right? stock market. Oh, hell yeah. Went yeah. to Vegas a few times. But it is, if you just need to be somewhere, they could just be living in the woods. They don't need to be part of the high school. You guys are choosing to do this over and over again, Maybe. which is weird. And, and it's not even like, besides Edward, he's the only one who's single. The other ones are all coupled up, so yeah. I don't understand why they would choose to go back, because at least he's, like, looking for a partner or a mate in this situation. Maybe they have this longing to be human, so they want to be around humans. Even though they want to eat them, they're like, oh, maybe somewhere deep inside themselves in their soul, if they have souls, I don't know the mythology, yeah. they're like, oh, I remember what it was like to be a human. I, I would venture to say that this version of vampires do have souls. Even like though Edward does... Sparkly souls. Very, yes. He very casually says he's going to hell late in the movie. He's like, I'm going to hell anyway, so yeah. let's do this thing. Whatever it was he was doing. I think they he, were, was, he had his arm around... Everybody was staring at them. I think that was the, the scene. Everybody was staring at him and Bella when they got out of the car, and it's like, oh my gosh, they're together. And... I guess because Edward doesn't ever be with anybody, and mm-hmm. Bella's That's because the, the Cullens, you know, sequestered themselves. And here he is with his arm around her, walking her into school, driving her to school, and then walking her into onto the campus. And everybody's staring at them, and he's like, I'm going to hell anyway, let's go. I didn't really get where that was I, yeah, from. Yeah, I don't but... know. Well, hey, I mean, they were all staring at Bella, because that's all anybody did in this movie, 
was stare. Freak, freak out. Well, <laughs> stare. Period. There was a lot of staring. Full stop. A lot of staring. No, no doubt. If you watch the, uh, I don't know. Have you ever seen the Honest trailer for this? Nah. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, you're familiar with Honest trailers. Though? I am. Okay. Well, this Honest trailer for this it's one of their early ones. I think like they're maybe like third or fourth one. Uh, but they like do a whole montage of stares, and it is totally, totally on point because that's ninety percent of their relationship. There's a lot, yeah. There's a lot there's of staring. A, there's a lot of staring and a lot of breathing. There doesn't, there doesn't need to be a lot of talking because again, their relationship, their love is so pure. They don't need words. They don't need touch. They just need eye contact, and that is the kind of love that a mother of a young teenage girl could get behind because it's like they're not fucking. Uh, they're not, you know. There's, no, I mean, I there's guess no even like they're sex. not going I don't know first how base. Pure it is. They're certainly not going all the way home. So sure. Uh, so I feel like a mom could get into that, and and a, and a girl could more easily wrap her mind around that. I mean, a, a girl or a boy, a sure. boy could also, you know, put himself in the position of being Edward, uh-huh. uh, and being, uh, you know, being this powerful guy, and also falling in love with a girl. I mean, because they are going through the same thing. Edward yeah. and Bella, when they meet, it's. They're just they're all Romeo and Juliet, but and not really. But they're not even kept nope. apart, really. No, nope, not at all. They're they not. are for like 15, 20 minutes of screen time, uh, which did feel like a long time. The movie did feel it did drag a little bit. I will say that just because, like, again, not a lot happens. It is about their love story, and once they're together, it's just ask, answering a bunch of questions about vampirism. Um, but. <laughs> sure. Eventually he saves her from some dudes. Oh yeah, well that's before they even get together. That's like the final straw where Edward finally kind of comes out and shows his devotion to her, yeah. which I still don't exactly get why he. I, maybe we find out in later movies because I only saw the first two, so maybe we find out why he can't hear her thoughts because Edward can read minds. Everybody. Oh that, yeah. Every I vampire mean. has their own special power. Edward can read minds, but he can't read Bella's for some reason. And when he smelled her. Her scent like drove him wild. Yeah. Which let me just say that. What was that perfume? <laughs> Ode of Bella. <laughs> Ode to Bella. They for being two very attractive people. Uh-huh. Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart make some of the ugliest faces. There's a lot of facial contortions going a lot, on. Especially at the beginning. That's one th- another directing thing. And I'm sorry to gripe on the directing so much, but maybe that's just you. part of what I'm uh, come at something like this looking at. But as a director. You have your your hunky guy who's very, like, Robert Pattinson has a very James Dean vibe to him. He's hunky, he's cute, he's, like, your perfect, like, post-2000s, like, poster boy. He's what's hot in 2008. However, in the very first few scenes we see him, besides uh, when he first walks through the door, and he Mm kind of does the James Dean, like, pierced, you know, pursed lips. Yeah, piercing gaze. Piercing gaze. Like, he makes the worst faces for the longest time. And I know it's storyline. It's because he smells her and her smell is so intense he can't help himself. And he's finally found that person that he can't resist. Yeah. And I know that's got to be a challenge for him. But, like, man, this is your, this is your like, sex idol, your sex symbol. Make him look nice, please. Just, like, make yeah. him look nice. Make her look nice. She also is so... Con- Bella, as a character, is so confused... She's making her face contorts in weird ways. And also, you said it at one point during the movie where nobody can just like. There's no subtlety to anybody's reactions to anything in this movie. Mm. People hear information and they can't just be. They can't just take it can't just and internalize it. Yeah. They externalize everything that's going on with their characters 100% facially. Yeah. So, whatever's happening confusion, disgust, anger, 
all goes on their face and not a particularly pleasant way. Yeah. There's a lot of acting going on. Yeah. There's not a lot of just like listening and, and letting it, you know, absorbing it. They, as you said, absolutely have to show every single thing that they're feeling, which seems to mainly be disgust or confusion. Yeah. Um, but I think that may just be at the time. I'm not saying they haven't gotten better, but the range of our lead actors, Kristen Stewart and perhaps. Robert Pattinson. I mean, I think they were all I, part of what I think all of them were going for was that very tortured um, teenage and just tortured love of you want to be together, but you can't be together for some reason. And, you know, you're conflicted about your urges and you're trying to stifle your urges. Yeah. Um, so I think there's just a lot of that sort of tension that maybe whoever decided to manifest it in their faces. Yeah. But there was, I think that's where it came from was the, the choice of like, there's just a lot of conflict going on within everybody, what they want, but they can't have it. Or yeah. They're torturing themselves. And honestly, when you are it. a kid, you don't have the facilities to contain that. Like you do when you're like, we are now where, you know, there could be some, our world could be falling apart, but we could put a mask on, to cover that up, back when you're 17, you don't have the ability to do that. It yeah. all comes out. And actually, the more you talk about it, the more you sell me on this sort of the melodrama aspect of this, mm. where they are just kids. You forget, kind of, that because it's a movie and all kids sort of act a little bit more adult in movies, but they are kids. And this is sort of funneling that all the feelings that kids yeah. have in that first love. And, uh, you know, we don't want to leave any questions in the minds of the audience we want we want them to know it's got to be just it's just so clear everything yeah. is i mean not exactly everything's clear so there are a couple of wonky parts in the writing like you said the yeah. i'm going to hell line yeah, didn't make a lot sure, of sense yeah. but i mean in terms of what they're feeling for each other there's no question and yeah there's I think no that's, question i think that's something that is great about this yeah is uh it does it does put forth that that pure confusing uh exciting thrilling time of falling in love for the first time and finding yeah. that person that you think is going to be your forever person you know yeah 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 I, i'm not which i didn't sold. have when i was like when i was that age i again i had a, a girl who i was into for a couple years but uh it never felt that way yeah so I'm, I'm not as sold on the like purity of everything but i do agree that the when you're in high school and this is something i talk about all the time with different projects is like I feel like a lot of times people get very dismissive of what happened in high school or when people were young when they're adults. Because they're like, yeah. oh, I was so dramatic. Oh, I overreacted. Oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. But when you're that age, you haven't been through all of these things. So it is the most dramatic thing that's ever happened to you. Yeah. And when you're in high school, relationships, what people think of you, what your the person you like thinks of you, everything, every single little thing that happens life is or death. huge. Yeah. It's huge. And I think what this movie does get across is that. That, yeah. like, they say exactly what they feel. They show you exactly what they feel. And they are feeling big things. And you you kind of hit the nail on the head. I think what this movie is and why it maybe connects with people both younger and older is if you've ever felt questionable about what you felt at that time, this is a movie... Uh, being that it is on a grand stage, it's a big mass-marketed uh, mainstream movie, it validates whatever experience you had, whatever intense-ass experience you had, 
and uh, and it validates that for you as an adult. It yeah. tells you that you know what what you were feeling was valid, uh, what you were feeling was real. And even though you were a kid at the time, and you want to write it off and feel like oh maybe what I was feeling you know maybe I wasn't feeling those things I was feeling, and it was just you know because I was young and inexperienced. Hell no. No, what you were feeling was totally legit, and that's what Edward and Bella are feeling now, and you should not feel weird about that. And I think that is also great about this movie. I agree. I think you hit that. I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. Yay! Uh, Let's let's just a couple of things I want to I want to I did like, and I I I like I could not believe I found myself like getting excited and marking out for this part, but when like they're in the lunchroom, the Uh cafeteria, Uh and she drops a freaking apple, and Edward like tips it on his toe and then picks it up and puts it in his hands like the cover of the book. I was like, hey, that's the cover of the book. Could not believe that I found myself excited about that. You had you were, no idea. You were, you were out, yeah, out loud. You were like, like, that's hey. the cover of the book. And hey. I had no idea. I have I don't know what the covers look like. Look at that. I know they're black with like one image on every cover. Yeah, they're black usually with like a white and red image. And uh, I believe so the font they use throughout this movie and throughout the series is the font they used in the uh, the books. So the, so the title... Twilight is because it's like perpetual twilight in Fork, Washington? Uh, you know, good question. I don't know. Um, but we'll all the it. books definitely have titles that relate to what time of day or night it is. Oh, okay. So the series isn't Twilight, or is it? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Well, so it's like Twilight colon... I mean, I think for the movies it was, but the books are Twilight... Uh, uh, maybe they are. I don't know, actually. New Moon... An eclipse and Breaking Dawn are the are the four titles of the books. Okay, and then obviously the movies are Breaking Dawn Part One and Two. But I think they do maybe say like Twilight colon New Moon. Um, it may actually have the colon in the in the books as well. Who knows? I'll look at that because that's I mean that's everybody just refers to it as the Twilight Saga. So yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see here. Uh, James the uh, the evil. This is gonna be the bad vampire. Yeah, the bad vampire. He's the one that chases uh, Bella to the end. That reaches, finally gives us some sort of, like, something happening. It gives us some sort of plot, I guess. Yeah. Um, he is uh, an actor who I recognize, but I feel like I looked through his IMDb and didn't find anything that jumped out at me. I can totally see him in other stuff, but I can't remember what it was. Uh, I see him shirtless, which I'm sure he is in a lot of movies because he's in great shape. But, yeah. But with super short hair. I'll have to look it up later. I don't know what else. He, I thought for a minute he was the WWE wrestler Tyler Breeze, who is oh. a uh, who I should show you a picture of because they are like twinsies for real. Okay. Um, and then we have the leader of those three guys, the dude with dreads, who I think was French or something, or maybe, in this movie, yeah, yeah, maybe some sort of weird something. accent. But yeah. he played uh, Darwin, yeah. in X Men First Class. And I loved that character. He was definitely killed off way too soon in that movie because not only one of the coolest powers of any X-Men movie I've seen. He was great. Uh, but he was he's just a cool presence and Fun a cool actor. And then you have Victoria, the uh, red-headed female of that group, who, again, like is our final image of the movie, weirdly. That confused me. Because she's... I mean, unless the next movie starts with her taking revenge on... No, man, she doesn't come back for two more movies, I think. Oh. Yeah, I'm a little spoiler. She went so she went to prom, I guess. She went to prom and she got dolled up too. Because yeah. in the whole movie, she's just wearing like t-shirt and like like fur coats that she yeah. stole. But she like got dressed up for prom. Saw like did her hair Edward up, and, uh, and Bella, Bella dancing, dancing in the uh, and then she like let her hair down and left. And then yeah, a cool little uh, Radiohead song from In Rainbow starts, and I appreciated that. It had some cool songs in it. Yeah, and it had Radiohead, and then it had Radiohead Light, aka Muse. 
Um, but, uh, but yeah, she doesn't even come back. And when she does, again, she's uh, upgraded to Bryce Dallas Howard. So I wonder why they chose that for the final image. I don't know. I guess just to be like, everything's not wine and roses for these people. Right. Like, they're not... Because um, the last image we see is them on the... Uh, and maybe or you know maybe like the last image was them of the gazebo and then they they found like oh wow people this might be a huge hit which obviously it was it made almost 200 million dollars domestically wow and then like i think the second movie almost made the second third and fourth movie all made like almost 300 million dollars domestically it's like these movies were huge hits yeah and this one was kind of a lower budget it was like 38 million i think so they probably had no idea the friggin' land, or not the landmine, but the gold mine they were sitting on. <laughs> landmine, maybe for us. The gold mine they were sitting on, and who knows that maybe after a test screening, they added that to, yeah. to give a little, little like, taste. Yeah, like, we will return. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it's weird that she got all dressed up for, for to not even show up and try to exact revenge on Edward and Bella. Maybe Bella she could got her not photo run taken. Away. Maybe she got the photo taken oh, in the photo yeah. booth. Oh, yeah, and as Edward and Bella are walking up, there's a uh, gorgeous vista. They're, like, on a cliff. So beautiful. Leading up to this prom, it's got a sign. It's Monte Carlo Casino Night at the Fort High, or Fork, Fork Washington High School uh, prom. And they're walking up. It's a pink carpet. They're coming up. They get under the, the Monte Carlo sign. Again, a beautiful backdrop. They take their picture. But they got to fire that photographer because <laughs> everybody else is lining up behind them. So guess what? You in got your, randos in your background. Yeah, in your beautiful picture, just a couple of dorks behind you hanging out waiting for their turn. They're going to have sourpuss faces on because they're ready to get into the event. They're ready to get their drink on and get their dance on. Why would you put the line behind them? That makes no sense. Put it to the side. Have a little cue like Disneyland, and then have them stand there with a the clean background. Come on, think, photographer. Aren't you a professional? Is this your first time? Good That's Lord. actually a really interesting character. I'm very interested in the photographer now. Yeah. Does he show up in the next movie? Oh man, I hope so. I hope well, it's the I hope it's the redheaded girl just killing the photographer for doing a bad job at the prom. <laughs> she sees her photo. Yeah. She's like, ah, there's like some jabroni behind me. What's up with that? Uh, and how did she get into the prom? I mean, I guess she's a vampire and she has mystical powers and stuff. She but like, them. maybe she just like but no one's fast. like, why is there a grown ass woman? Because she prom? does not look like a high schooler. No, nor do any of the colors. <laughs> by the way, all of them, with the exception of Robert Pattinson, look like they're forty five. Sure, they're all extremely attractive, but they all look way older than high school. Do you school think age. they've? Do you think they've glamoured everybody they see to where they're all they see like that young people? That just seems people? like a lot of work. <laughs> that seems like a lot of work. That's to why me. they don't talk to anybody and why they're just they're concentrating like, on looking like that teenagers. Could be. You you may be right. I've I may be crazy. I've deconstructed this film, but it just might be a lunatic you're looking for. Uh okay, so there's that. Yeah, I was going to mention the the photographer cuz I was really upset about that. One thing I thought was really weird is uh, typically to kill a vampire, it's a stake through the heart, it's burning them with sunlight. Chopping their head off. Chopping their head off. But in this, for a version of the mythos of vampires where it's pretty clean, they you have to dispatch vampires in a very intense way. Yeah, gruesome. Very gruesome. And I thought that was actually something interesting at the end. So at the end, the climax is Edward has to fight for Bella to not get killed by Tyler Breeze. I think his name's James. 
in the uh, I'm gonna pick, post a picture on our Twitter of yeah. Tyler Breeze just so everybody knows who he is. But uh, anyway, Sounds he's like fighting. A porn star. Yeah, I know he does, but he's a good wrestler. But anyway, so they're fighting, and eventually the rest of the family shows up, and it's the moment, aforementioned moment, where Edward has to control himself and not suck her blood. Yeah. He just has to suck the venom out. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how Carlisle just knows her blood is clean, but he's eventually like, her blood's clean, you can stop. He just I guess sl- they smell it. Uh, he's a doctor, John. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. a doctor. He's a vampire and a doctor, he knows. But anyway, the other, Alice and the other two boys, who I don't know their names, show up, and they have to take him out. Alice, who is a very, like, sweet-natured character, jumps on his head and friggin' rips his head off. In this mythos, you have to tear them limb from limb uh-huh. and then burn the pieces to make sure they stay friggin' dead. That yeah. is intense. That's, that's They have very few weaknesses. You literally need an entire family to dispatch a vampire. Yeah. And, yeah, her that shot of her jumping onto his... Like, she, like... Like, like a cat, like a like cat, she just like jumps onto his torso, yeah, and, and then, then just rips his head off, yanks his head right off, and then the other guys like toss their arms. Now that was interesting too, because not only is Edward f- struggling with the monster inside himself and having to keep himself from feeding off of her and like, completely relishing in that uh, this fix of blood that he's getting, but it actually showed uh, the entire family as like monsters, yeah. like because you kind of see them in the background hooting and hollering. They're going crazy like they are bloodthirsty in the background for, the, yeah. for this vampire's blood. So it finally does actually show this family yeah. as the monsters that they are. I thought that was an interesting thing to do That's right cool. at the end. Uh, obviously, they all get their shit together and they start acting like normal people after that. But I thought, wow, that's really interesting choice and a really yeah. intense choice to end the movie on. And maybe it's a note of, should I mean, it gave me a note of discomfort. I remember actually watching it for the first time uh, many years ago and thinking like, holy shit, that's... That's that, kind of insane. That scene was really intense, I, and I thought it was effective in the, as you said, seeing sort of the monster within the family, that, especially since she's struggling with being with Edward and not, her kind of wanting to be a van. There's just a lot going on, and so seeing how vicious they can be. It is interesting, though, that the doctor, Carlisle, yep. um, stops Edward from sucking the blood of James He's like, remember who you are. And he stops him from sucking him dry. And then they just rip him limb from limb. Yeah, like, that is weird. I thought I, he I was trying. They, I think he was trying to keep him because Edward might have done the ripping from limb from limb. So I think maybe he's letting Edward be the peaceful one. I don't know. It was it was weird because he said, remember who you are, and then immediately six the rest of the family on him. Was it do you think it was murder. about the blood, like, like, well, he's a vampire. He's not a human, so it can't be about that. Yeah, like that blood's got to be old, and I mean, in the like in the show Supernatural, dead man's blood. If it, if it's like a vampire's blood or if it's a dead person's blood, it like paralyzes vampires. I would imagine a dead person's blood or an undead person's blood would not be the same fix. Yeah, because they're as, cold anyway. They're exactly. They're so they're, I mean, their blood might just be like you know gross uh, motor oil that's just clogging up those veins. Yeah. So I'm. I'm I'm unsure why he stopped him. And honestly, now thinking about it, when they tore James limb from limb, uh, there was no blood. So it's very possible that, yeah, it's just like hmm. gross, viscous fluid just chilling in their veins, like not doing just, anything. Just like old milk. Yeah, basically. Just Ugh. like clumpy. Like curdled. Yeah. Yum. They're just like, he was like drinking and he's like, oh. Maybe he's just like, like Edward. bad a hundred years ago. Yeah, <laughs> Edward, don't. That's going to be gross. <laughs> We're going to have some blood. Are. There's a perfectly good young girl right here. Uh, so the interesting thing about this movie, too, is, and obviously we're about to embark on watching the other four movies. Yeah. But, like, 
watching this, I'm like, where the hell does this go? Like, yeah. what what could you possibly fill up four more movies with? Um, when the relationship is kind of pure and simple. I mean, obviously we have all of Jacob's stuff coming up. And there is some more foreshadowing. There's foreshadowing in a couple of different ways. One, obviously we get Victoria at the end pulling yeah. her hair down. Like, she's up to something. Uh, we get Jacob who says uh, his father got him to come and say, don't, you know, break up with Edward. Don't right. keep him around. Right. So there's something going there's, on here. We know that that's unfinished business. There's obvious friction between Edward and Jacob. Right. Even though Jacob's always all smiles and is like, oh, I don't really know them that well. Yeah. It's just a story about, like, that moment where, I mean, Edward kind of gives him the cold shoulder, you could say, because he's talking to his girl. But it seems like there's something else deeper that they've discussed well, there was a scene earlier where Edward's hanging out with Bella while she's washing her truck, and the most animated we see Robert Pattinson in, in the entire movie. He's hopping around the truck. He's very like lively in that, uh, yeah. which he's. I don't really. I wouldn't characterize him as an actor as a lively performer, but he was just like jumping around. It's like he has the blood, the viscous curdled <laughs> blood is flowing through his veins. But I think as soon as he could sense that Jacob and his dad were on their way, he like got the hell out of there. So yeah. we know that there's friction between them. I mean, it's very obvious throughout. But yeah. I'm just saying that like we're our one last reminder that Jacob there there's something that's going to go on between those guys at yeah. some point. Be sure of that. And also, Alice, towards the end, says that she got a vision of Bella being like Edward, being like them, meaning right. being like a vampire. Obviously, to set up the will they will Edward be able to contain himself at the very end. But it is, spoiler alert, foreshadowing for the series, because as we all know, as we, all of us uh, big Twilight, uh, Twihards... Uh, <laughs> is that feel, real? Is that really I'm what I'm pretty sure Twihards is a thing. Uh, audience, whoever's listening, correct me if I'm wrong... But uh, all of us Twihards know that uh, eventually Bella might turn into a vampire too. Uh, maybe Does I she? Maybe I shouldn't have spoiled that for you because, uh, but. Uh, or our audience. But uh, I feel like there's a lot of good foreshadowing. Well, will she? Won't she? I don't know. So I feel like there's a lot of foreshadowing going on. Maybe it was added after the fact. Maybe it was always there. Who knows? But I'm glad we watched it. I'm, I'm ready to see. Because I, I, one thing I do remember is that the second movie I was much more impressed with than this one. I think after this, Catherine Hardwick did not come back as director. I think they got more solid directors. They would get Bill Condon, uh, who directed the movie Kinsey, the uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Liam Neeson movie. Yeah. He's like big into musicals. Like He did Dreamgirls. Uh, he did the recent Beauty and the Beast live action. Really? Yeah. Huh? So, I mean, like the dude knows what he's doing. So, I know he did at least the last couple or the last, maybe even the last three um, I could probably find that out with a quick search, but you know what? We're going to find out as we experience these things over the yeah. next couple weeks. It's going to be a really fun ride. Well, oh, and you had one more, uh, just slight little thing that you liked. Oh, there are two little things that I liked, um, that I haven't mentioned. One was when Bella is walking out of her house, she slips and falls. Mm-hmm. And I found that very believable. Yeah. I, I thought I was trying to figure out if that was like purposeful Yeah, and, or did they just like, keep it? Yeah, because, I mean, he immediately was like, yeah, that's why I got new tires put on, which, why else would he be in the truck? But that just seemed way too natural yeah. for it to be planned. Yeah, I'd be curious about that. Yeah, I'd be Is curious. Is there a commentary? Too. Let's watch all of them oh, with commentary. What? We will do it. <laughs> uh, also, she falls down the stairs in a uh, flash sideways where yeah. she's talking to her mom and telling her the lie of what happened. Or her mom's yeah. telling her, quote unquote, what happened, yeah. how she broke her leg. Um, who knew Kristen Stewart was such a great pratfaller? It's like <laughs> yeah. the new Chevy Chase. Very believable. <laughs> yep. yeah. Or John Ritter. Well, exactly. Um, also, when she fell, she was wearing these really cool mittens. Like, she had huge mittens on. She did. And I thought those were nice. A lot of good... Oh, let me just say, the costumes in the movie are very good, mm-hmm. I think. Uh-huh. Uh, the Cullens all very look... They look very distinctive. I mean, obviously, they're 
all pale as hell. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were talking about so earlier. Yeah, I was about to say, we were talking earlier about, you know, sibling or uh, couples looking like siblings. Yeah. You want to talk about a couple that looks like siblings. We want to talk about Edward and Bella. There's a scene where he picks her up to take her to baseball. And so they're dressed a little bit more similar because they're both in, like, baseball attire. I'm like, they look like they are sip. They are like legit look related right now. Yeah. Um, but I think that all the Cullens really look distinctive. All the kids look natural and distinctive in their own way. Bella has her own style. Yeah. Um, I think it was they did a really good job with that. And and the uh, the the other Native American kids that are not Jacob had these like when they were on the beach just had these like uh, woven blankets on them that mm-hmm. I thought were like a cool touch. They just made kept everybody very distinct. Uh, they yeah. gave them personalities where maybe they wouldn't necessarily have a lot of that on the page sure. or in yeah. the performance. Yeah. The costume did a lot of work for that. And that's great. That is great. And what was the thing that you were going to say? Uh, I really liked their eyes, like the Cullen's eyes. Mm-hmm. The, when you first see um, uh, Edward, uh, not when his eyes are black, but when he, his eyes turn like goldish or Yeah, like whatever. red and gold. Yeah. I thought that was cool. It was a fairly subtle, like his eyes don't go red or turn right. weird. Like there's just sort of something odd about them. Um, which I thought was was yeah. neat. Like you don't see that a lot. It's usually really when there's a transformation and then their eyes go crazy and right. It's get very huge fangs yeah. and stuff, you know. So it's just kind of a cool, a cool touch that that I appreciated. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will. I want to ask you though. Moving forward, what are you most excited about? Like storyline-wise or relationship-wise or whatever. Well, I'm excited to see Jacob get hella hot. Okay. Uh, I remember there's this one shot in the second movie where we finally get to see that hot rockin' bod. Sure. And I, I know it makes me sound silly, but, like, that shot is, like, great. It's a great shot because every woman in the theater, I'm, you know, skipping ahead, but every woman in that theater, like, it took their breath away when okay. he took his shirt off for the first time in I'll part two. I'll look for it. <laughs> um, no, the second movie I'm looking forward to because I remember they uh, there's a group of vampires called the Volturi. Okay. I believe is their name, led by uh, Martin, Sh- not Martin Sheen, Michael Sheen, oh. the uh, actor who's played Tony Blair in a bunch of things. You know Michael Sheen. He's yeah, in, uh, I do wish it were Martin Sheen. Though. <laughs> that would have been weird and interesting. But no, Michael Sheen and or I believe Charlie. I believe Dakota Fanning or Emilio Estevez. That would have been yeah. neat. Whatever. I haven't seen that guy in something in years. Um, but Dakota Fanning is part of the Volturi. They're like a, the the basically the uh, the High Council okay. of vampires. They're kind of they're pretty cool. I remember there being seeing something about there being like a small vampire. I guess that's I guess that's Dakota Fanning. Yeah, I know literally nothing about the third movie. Okay, the third movie is a complete blank spot in my memory. At least the uh, the last two, the Breaking Dawn's part one and two. I know something big about part two. And part one, I've seen some of. Okay. But so Eclipse, I know nothing about it. So I'm very interested to see what that movie even is. Okay. And I think it is sort of like a, uh, a space filler, I think. <laughs> From what Which I understand. Which is why you forgot it existed. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but and, the, and I looked at the cover earlier, and it's like the cover is just them standing there with a dark background. So I have no idea what the movie's <laughs> supposed to be about. Other than maybe just pushing the conflict between the three. Because it's much more obvious that it's... Uh, Bella, Edward, and Jacob. So maybe it's like that's when the love triangle really heats up. Mysterious. But, um, yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of excited about that. What do you? Is there anything that you're looking forward to? Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing just kind of where it all goes, I guess. And you mentioned a different director, so I'm curious to see what different directors do with it. Um, I'm really probably most interested in seeing what happens with Jacob, seeing him actually transform into a werewolf, and then also. I guess seeing that love triangle, but I'm mainly just interested in seeing 
more of Jacob. I, I because I had not seen any of them. I thought he was going to be a lot more in this movie. Yeah, he's barely I, in this. Movie. I remembered him being on it in this movie a lot more yeah. as well, and uh, I was surprised. Yeah, he only had a little bit to do. He doesn't turn into a werewolf, um, so I'm curious to see where that character goes. And I want to see the transformation. I don't know what it looks like when they turn into werewolves. It, that actually is pretty cool. Cool. It's pretty slick transformation. So. Uh, that's neat. Um, yeah, there's actually a lot to look forward to. I mean, let's strap in, everybody, because you yeah. got four more weeks of this stuff to look <laughs> forward to. So, like it or not, we're doing this thing, and you get to hear two guys in their mid to late 30s really just expound on uh, what are some pretty, at their core, pretty simple teenage love story movies. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, can't wait to see what else we got. Uh, but what do you think of Twilight? Does it sparkle? Or should you dismember it and throw it in the fire? That was good. Uh, let us know. Uh, how are you going to let us know? You can email us at hwigpodcast at gmail.com. That's hwig. That's here's why it's great podcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter, hwig podcast, on Instagram, hwig podcast. Throw us a DM, tweet us, add us. Yeah, man. Hashtag us. Let us know what you hate. So after we're done with Twilight, we can tell you why it's great. Yeah. And let us know what you think about Twilight, too. Is what do you really like about Twilight? Or what did you not like about Twilight? Yeah. If, I mean, if, in, if you're listening to this in the next few weeks, if you're a regular listener, uh, we'll actually be able to respond to it since we're doing this, uh, multiple week yeah. subjects. So it'll be interesting to hear. I know one person, uh, a friend, of, a close friend of mine, who she would, uh, I don't want to call her out by name, but I feel like she will hopefully know who she is and will hopefully give us some sort of response. If there's anything dumb that we left out that you think we should know, uh, something about the books we should know, let us know. Send us an email. We'd love yeah. to hear about it. And, uh, and don't forget to also uh, give us likes, subscribes on iTunes. Uh, we're working to get us uh, to get the podcast on Spotify, so that'll be up soon. Uh, but we would love to get more reviews on iTunes. That'd be fantastic. Or on Podbean. Uh, we had one asshole give us a one-star review on oh, iTunes. Ouch. The rest are five stars. Ouch. Uh, but we got to get that rating back you, up. You know what? If I'm in a room with 100 people and 99 people like the podcast and one person doesn't, I remember that one person. Then, then you you jump on that one person and you rip their head off, and then the other people rip their arms off and you throw them into a fire. Yeah, it was yeah. actually a Lady Gaga reference. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I missed that completely. I was just I'm really fixated on how you kill vampires <laughs> in this world. It's intense. It's intense. Yes, it is. But uh, but no, we really appreciate it if we could get some feedback. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So until then, I'm John Bring and I'm Sebastian Kavichek, and here's why it's great. We'll see you next week for Twilight New Moon. You know, 100 people can be in a room and 99 don't believe in you and just one person believes in you and it can change everything.